We all knew this was coming at some point. I was convinced, if not hoping, that we'd get at least one more season of Patrice Bergeron in black and gold. But earlier this week, he announced his retirement from professional hockey, and we're going to talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Friday, July 28th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. All you need to do is smash the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube so that you never miss a thing. I've been on vacation for the last several days. While Patrice Bergeron was announcing his retirement, I saw the news sitting by the campfire drinking my morning coffee the other day and it's taken a couple days to process so I'm glad that I had that time to think about Patrice Bergeron's legacy what he has meant to the team what he's meant to me personally and I'm going to get into it all on this episode first a quick reminder you can find the podcast on Instagram on x I guess it's called now at locked NHL Bruins you can find me my dad jokes, hockey thoughts, at Ian C. McLaren. All right, it's over. Patrice Bergeron calling it quits, releasing a statement on July 25th, saying, with a full heart and a lot of gratitude, I'm announcing my retirement as a professional hockey player. He added, quote, as hard as it is to write, I also write it knowing how blessed and lucky I feel to have had the career that I have had and that I have the opportunity to leave the game I love on my own terms. It wasn't a decision that I came to lightly, but after listening to my body and talking with my family, I know in my heart that this is the right time to step away from playing the game I love. End quote. Bergeron the next day met with the media to kind of get more into his decision. And he said that when he signed last summer, he kind of knew it was one last year on deck. He was leaning that it might be his last year. And this whole past season, he was kind of preparing for that. Over time, his body just kind of made it apparent that it was time for him to move on. He said, you know, it, It took him longer to prepare and recover. And obviously, family considerations were a huge part of it as well because he and his wife, Stephanie, just welcomed their fourth child into the mix. Um, He said he talked to a lot of guys over the course of this past season since last summer. And the recurring theme was always 
you're going to know when it's time, and he just feels like it is. He's a very intuitive guy. He feels like he's always listening to his instincts and his heart, and he just felt like it was time to move on. He wished he could play forever, so do we, and never have to announce his retirement, but eventually you have to move on, and the body tells you something sometimes. Now, of course, he's still at the top of his game. He won his sixth Selkie Trophy as the best defensive forward. Uh, he still had a pretty good offensive season and was a huge part of why the Bruins were the best regular season team in NHL history this past year. And it kind of really puts things in perspective in terms of them not being able to win here in 2023. He kind of knew it was his last year. You see how good things were going during the regular season. And he must have felt elated. Like, I want to go out on top. And I have a very good chance of going out on the highest of highs after winning a Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But he's putting aside the temptation to come back, try to make one more run and risk not going out on kind of the personal high that uh, he had with winning his sixth Selkie Trophy and second consecutive Selkie Trophy. He had 27 goals, 58 points in 78 games in his final season. Did not let the fact that he was still playing at a high level cloud his decision-making. That high level of play kind of only helped him make that decision um, because he wants to spend time with his family. And I completely understand that as a, a, a parent of three boys. Again, we just were on vacation this past week um, at a cottage. You realize you only have so many opportunities to have these times with your kids. Um, and Bergeron, three kids, Fourth just arrived. I can't imagine being a professional hockey player and the amount of things that you miss just being on the road, being at the rink, um, even having to do game day naps, team functions, everything. You must miss so much. You have a newborn baby. You want to see all of those firsts. And I am sure that had a big factor in why he was uh, calling it quits at this point in time. He could very well have come back. He could have been the Bruins top line center once again and still done that job. Very good. Like he, he could probably have two, three more years left in the tank, but he's thinking about what he would have missed at home. He's thinking about, um, that extra toll on his body, uh, that extra risk that he's putting at, um, you know, he had that hugely serious concussion back in 2007 and 
he just felt like it was the right time to step away. Um, obviously, Cam Neely, Don Sweeney tried to get him to come back. Um, it's a no-brainer that his number is going to be retired, Cam Neely said. They'd love to see him stay involved with the organization. Um, and we'll talk later about the center position and what that could mean, who the new captain might be. But for the moment, it's just time to celebrate Patrice Bergeron, what he has meant to this organization, to the team, to the fans, to the city of Boston. It's immeasurable. And um, while it would have been nice to see him come back, for at least one more season to see him play in the centennial season, to take part of all that, to kind of get a victory lap, uh, so to speak, completely respect his decision. He started when he was 18. It's been 20 years. That's a, that's a long career. It's a lot mentally. It's a lot physically. He said he didn't necessarily need to leave at the top of his game, but he's glad that he is. Um, you could add that extra mileage, but you sacrifice that time with your family, the time with a newborn, four kids. That's no small thing. That's a handful. And, uh, he's looking forward to spending more time at home and he felt like it was the right time. End of story. And, uh, coming up after the break here, we are going to take a look at Patrice Bergeron's impact his legacy and what he has meant to me personally as a lifelong Bruins fan. Athletic Greens has a product that we have been so excited about here on the Locked On Podcast Network because it's a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. And AG1 can replace your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. It's a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. They're raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. They help you build your health foundation first. A lot of great athletes have one thing in common is that they take care of their bodies. And a lot of them drink AG1. It's a big reason why I'm a huge fan as well. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network to check it out today. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts. And through the month of August, we're going to be down to three episodes a week. Beginning Monday, we'll hopefully have some Jeremy Swayman, Trent Frederick news, we're going to touch on the Mitchell Miller situation as well. Some closure there that was reported last week. Uh, but for today, we're focusing on Patrice Bergeron and his legacy with 
the Boston Bruins. And his tenure with the Bruins began back in uh, 2003. Drafted 45th overall in that draft class. And um, emerges as one of, if not the best player from that class. He finishes uh, second in points behind Eric Stahl, who may or may not have some left in the tank there. 1,040 points for Patrice Bergeron, 427 goals, 613 assists in 1,294 games. Um, Joe Pavelski, still active. Zach Parise, Brent Burns. Jeff Carter still active, but if you were to draw, uh, do that draft over, Bergeron arguably the top pick. So Bruins got great value there at 45th overall. Um, and from there, the accolades just continued to grow. His awards at the NHL level kind of speak for themselves. He's a Marc Messier Leadership Award winner. Uh, He's a King Clancy Memorial Trophy winner. Three-time NHL All-Star. He was an NHL Young Star competitor in 2004. NHL Foundation Player Award in 2014. Uh, That applies to core values of ice hockey, commitment, perseverance, teamwork, to enrich the lives of people in his community. And of course, the six Selkie trophies, 2012, 2014, 2015, 2017, and then 2022 and 2023. Three-time Eastern Conference champion and a Stanley Cup champion in 2011. He actually scored the Stanley Cup winning goal that year as well obviously unfortunate that he does not have more stanley cups under his belt the bruins could have won in 2013 he played through significant and severe injuries in that series in game six in particular 2019 would have been the perfect way to finish off this core that still had zadino chara tori krug Tukarask. Um, this past year, of course, they should have gone all the way, but still, Bergeron has that Stanley Cup to his name, and he was instrumental in winning that, especially in that decisive Game Seven against the Vancouver Canucks. Internationally, unbelievable resume as well: World Championship gold, World Junior gold, World Junior leading scorer. All-Star Team, Tournament MVP back in 2005. Won two Olympic gold medals, 2010-2014. Won a Spengler Cup. Won the World Cup of Hockey back in 2016. He's a member of the Triple Goal Club. He scored that Stanley Cup winning goal. And he was on the NHL All-Decade second team uh, from the 20. 10 to 2019 first and only player in history to win the world championship and 
before winning the World Junior Championship. Of course, he played in that World Junior because of the NHL lockout. He likely wouldn't have had that opportunity were it not for that lockout. Most Selkie Trophy wins in NHL history. Nominated for the Selkie Trophy for 12 straight seasons, which is an NHL record. Longest streak ever for a any NHL award. And he also has the most playoff overtime goals in Boston Bruins history. One of the more famous ones, of course, being in 2013, where he scored that goal to cap the comeback against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Double overtime winner in 2013 against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins that year. Um, just a remarkable career for Patrice Bergeron at the NHL level and internationally as well. Um, and there is no doubt in my mind that he should be a first ballot hall of famer and his number should be retired by the Boston Bruins this season. They're playing on March 7th, three, seven against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Perfect opportunity to hang up his jersey during the centennial season. Now, for me personally, 2003, Bergeron drafted by the Boston Bruins. You know, at that time, Joe Thornton was, for me, uh, my favorite Boston Bruin. He was my favorite player in the NHL. And I, seeing Bergeron come up, had hopes of those guys anchoring the Bruins down the middle for years to come. Thornton, of course, uh, traded. The Bruins were, you know, not very good when that happened. And for a couple of seasons afterwards, it was a real time of transition there. They didn't really know who they were going to be. You draft Krejci the year later. Um, sign Savard, Chara a few years after that. And then you start to have something cooking there, especially with, Lucic, Brad Marchand, drafted in 2006, along with Phil Kessel. Bergeron has been a Bruin, not for as long as I can remember, but for the past 20 years that have really shaped who I am as a Bruins fan. Before that, I was, you know, I was sucked into the Bruins by Cam Neely, Ray Bork, Adam Oates, Joe Juno, um, Craig Janney. But this iteration of the Bruins has really defined my kind of adult life. And it's been such a joy and a pleasure and a privilege to be a Bruins fan in the time of Patrice Bergeron. And not just to watch him on the ice, but also, and also, somewhat more importantly is the culture that he has helped build up in the room in his uh, press conference. He said a lot of guys that have built the culture and how they want things to be in the locker room, being inclusive and whatnot, not just with the players, but also with everyone surrounding the team that's involved day to day. And Charlie McAvoy in the video 
potential future captain, Charlie McAvoy said he promised he'd do everything to keep good care of the culture that has been built. And it, it meant a lot to Bergeron for him to say that. Um, McAvoy, a great character guy, a very bright young man. The Bruins are in good hands when it comes to uh, leadership. And whether it's Bergeron, or sorry, Marchand taking up that mantle, whether it is um, McAvoy, who el- whoever, um, the Bruins are in good hands because of the example set by Patrice Bergeron, by Zdeno Chara before him, and you know, one of the things that really stands out to me was the statement made by Bergeron back in 2020 in light of the George Floyd situation, the donation he made to the Boston branch of the NAACP and the multi-ethnic center in Quebec. Um, that was huge, especially for a hockey guy to step up and do that. And um, that's the kind of thing that will stay with me apart from all of Bergeron's accolades on the ice. Coming up here after the break, we're going to discuss what's next for the Bruins and the impact on the 2023-24 team now that Patrice Bergeron has announced his retirement. All right, the Bruins now know that Bergeron will not be a member of the team coming up, and at the moment, They have Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle penciled in as their top two centers. David Krejci, we still haven't heard from him whether or not he'll be back. It would be great if he is. I'm not expecting it. And that leaves significant holes and kind of a trickle-up effect as those guys will be asked to take on significant roles for the Bruins. Do they now go out and try to make a deal here in the remaining time in the offseason? Still a couple months until the puck drops on a new season. Do they go after Alice Lindholm in Calgary? Do they try to swing a deal for Mark Shifley in Winnipeg? Or do they take a look at this upcoming season and say, we're going to work with what we have and try to stay afloat? Honestly, it's going to be difficult to continue to be a top three team in the Atlantic, much less challenge for a wildcard spot with those two guys as your top two centers. It's going to be asking a lot of Zaka and Coyle. I think they're up to the task, but you look at top centers around the league, some of these guys are putting up 100 points. What the Bruins have, they'll be lucky if they get 60 out of their top two centers individually, not combined. Uh, So that's going to be a tough go. As to who takes on the mantle of leadership, I could see Brad Marchand getting that. He was a a huge leader in that series against the Panthers. He's really stepped up, changed his game. Optically, Might get a lot of derision from around the NHL if you make him your captain. And he's getting up there too, so it's not necessarily a long-term 
um, spot. Do they give it to Charlie McAvoy? That's probably my guess. Uh, you know, he said he promised that he's going to do everything he can to um, continue Bergeron's legacy of leadership, inclusion. Again, I didn't want to talk about Mitchell Miller here today on this podcast, but Bergeron was pretty outspoken about being against that decision. Those are the kinds of things that he brought to the table. McAvoy's promising to keep that going. He's under contract for a long time, arguably Boston's best player now overall. Um, Pasternak, you know, you can make an argument for him as well, but he might be best served as a, a wingman and not having the pressure to have that leadership uh, responsibility. McAvoy, I think, is the right choice, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next captain of the Boston Bruins. Will the team be as good? No, they're not going to be as good as last season because that was a historic season that cannot be replicated. Will there be tangible drop-off in Boston's overall performance because Bergeron's not around? No question. And even more so if David Krejci doesn't come back. Again, Bergeron was playing at a very high level. He won the Selkie. He could have come back, been a finalist again, chipped in at least another 50 points, played strong in his own end, but all credit to him for making the decision to walk away at this time. Brad Marchand, I think, said it best. We were all in awe of Patrice Bergeron, he said. Early on, everybody knew he was a young stud, and Marshawn recalled battling with him in the corner. He was blown away because he thought at the time he was an NHL caliber player. His first real taste, this was, you know, back in development camp when they were both there, just had instant respect for him and knew that it was going to be an honor to play with him. Think about that duo, 63, 37, line mates for over a decade. They become best friends. And it's going to be a uh, weird thing to watch Brad Marchand playing without Patrice Bergeron. He called him his, his brother. Um, he had such an impact and so many of these guys, I encourage you to go to the Bruins website, look at the article entitled Beyond the Rink, Bergeron's Impact is About More Than Hockey. See how he affected so many of these guys, Brandon Carlo, David Pasternak, um, just an unbelievable legacy in the community. I haven't even really touched on what he did in the community. Cuts for a cause. Pucks and paddles, the visits to the hospitals, dressing up like Elmo. Again, the George Floyd thing stood out to me. Creating a culture in the locker room where players are respected and um, treated as equals. Even if you're a rookie, you come in and 
accept that it is an honor to be part of the Boston Bruins. You live up to that responsibility. You treat everyone with respect and as a peer. And uh, getting a little emotional just talking about this. That is um, part of his legacy, a huge part of his legacy. And you saw tributes coming in from the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, lauded his talent from other organizations in New England, from Patriots guys, from Bill Belichick. Just one of the most universally respected athletes of our time. And it has been such a huge privilege to be able to talk about Patrice Bergeron on this podcast, to watch him play live on television at the international level as a Canadian, to see him and Marshawn and Crosby as line mates was so special to see them win the World Cup, Olympics, World Juniors brought me a great sense of Canadian pride as well. And um, just so lucky to have been witness to this Patrice Bergeron era for the Boston Bruins, as well as for Canadian hockey internationally as well. All right. I hope I've done Bergeron justice here in this episode. Um, just such a special guy, such a special player. He will be missed. He's still going to be around in Boston. I'm sure he'll be part of the centennial celebrations in some ways. Ideally, one night this season, his number will be retired and we'll be able to talk about him once again. Uh, but thank you to Patrice Bergeron for all that you have done for the Bruins, for the city of Boston, for us fans. And um, I'll never forget Game 7, of course, against the Vancouver Canucks. And that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the memories that he has created for the Bruins and their fans. That's it for today's episode, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday to discuss Jeremy Swayman arbitration results. Um, That hearing is set for Saturday. And hopefully there's a resolution before that. If not, I'll bring you all the latest on Monday's episode. And, uh, All the latest on the black and gold here on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you again next time here on the podcast.